The HERE podcast is all about reclaiming your power and reconnecting with your mind and body. By releasing our stories and the power they have had over our lives and creating a compassionate and supportive community, we can bring love, understanding, awareness, and healing to ourselves and to all who need it most. Join me in saying, enough is enough. I own my power. I am ready for the next chapter of my life, and it will be the most amazing one yet. distressing to you depending on where you are in your healing journey. If the episode becomes triggering, practice self-care by turning off the episode. If you need to talk to someone, you can always contact your local crisis center or RAIN's national hotline via chat on their website at RAIN.org or by calling 1-800-656-HOPE. All the links are provided in the show notes. All right. Wonderful. So I am very happy and very much looking forward to this conversation. Um, today, I have Rev Shell on the show. She's joining us, and I'm so very excited. She is a metaphysical minister, family constellation facilitator, clinical hypnotist, writer, speaker. Um, so I'm very excited, and she has a unique perspective on how the issues we experience as women are linked to what she calls the mother wound. Um, I've never, I had never heard of that before um, when we, before we had spoke last week and I just found it so incredibly fascinating. So I really appreciate your time and you being here with us today. Thank you so much for having me here, Felicia. I'm excited to be here to talk about this. Um, it's so funny when people introduce me, I feel so removed. <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah, I am all those things, right? I do do those things. <laughs> what else is she going to say? <laughs> who is she talking about? <laughs> who is she talking about? Yeah, oh but thank gosh. you for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. Wonderful. All right, so let's go ahead and dig in. I would love to hear more about your story and what brought you to doing the work you do. And then we'll move into the work you do because I think it's so awesome. It's so fascinating and it's really going to be something that's meaningful and valuable to my audience. I know, I know for sure it is. So. Well, thank you for asking me that. Um, you know, I start to, I, when I sit and I kind of contemplate about where I've come from and, and how it ties into the work I do now, I really do see that this journey has been lifelong for me. Um, I, uh, my mother was an addict. Um, I think my mother was undiagnosed mentally ill. Um, I won't, it's hard to say which diagnosis she probably would have had, but I think if I could guess, I would probably say bipolar, ADHD, complex trauma. Like there was some stuff going on in my mom's life that was never... Um, diagnosed, talked about that, that made um, our life um, really interesting. So being the daughter of an addict, um, I grew up in and out of foster homes. Uh, where I did get really lucky and where I do feel really privileged is that back in like the 70s and 80s when I was going through the foster care system, there really was a lot more resources. I feel like there was a lot more um, focus on uh, intervention and therapy, individual and group therapy. And so I was really fortunate and very privileged to have gotten intervention really early. And that didn't necessarily save me from all of the things that I was experiencing, but what it did is it helped me to have a healthier perspective 
as I was going through it. It gave me tools to kind of, you know, as a 12 year old coming, you know, into a foster home, it gave me tools on how to cope. What I didn't know until years later, when I started really doing healing work as an adult, is how much the relationship between my mother and I, and the ways that we um, inherit and we and we continue the family um, narrative within our family systems. I didn't really understand until I started training for the work that I do now, how impactful those relationships and that time with our family is. If we, if we dial back to probably about, I would say 2014, um, I started exploring this idea of epigenetics. I was introduced to the work of Dr. Uh, Joy DeGruy, who um, talks about uh, epigenetics and the effects that it has in the black community. Um, really, the, the effect of epigenetics on uh, trauma, even complex trauma and um, generational trauma. And I was introduced to the idea that trauma travels through generations. Um, if anyone's interested, she wrote a really great book called Post-Traumatic Slave Syndrome. And um, it talks about the epigenetic effects of, of, uh, of what enslavement meant to the black community. Fascinating book, I definitely recommend it. Um, so with that idea, I started exploring, well, what does it mean to really embrace that the family that I came from really has a greater impact than I thought, and more so the relationship with my mother. And I was invited to participate in, a, an, in an anthology called The Strength of My Soul, and I wrote a chapter called Mitochondrial Semantics. Um, it's complicated. And it was a story about uh, the complicated relationship that I had with my mother and how so much of what I tried to reject and... Um, and uh, um, say that I would never experience, that I would never, that would never happen to me, how much of that actually did happen in my life and how much um, there were so many similarities and how I had to make peace with that. Um, and it really was um, such an interesting like, pretext to the work that I do now because I was then invited to perform that written piece adapted to a stage performance of um, Listen to Your Mother where I told the same story. Um, and that was just a fascinating, very freeing experience. And then uh, maybe about two years later, I moved to Texas. And I realized when I moved to Texas, that I didn't want to go back into the same uh, line of work that I felt really called to, um, to learn um, ways and skills to help women move through and out of trauma. Um, and so I became a hypnotist. And I opened a private practice that was solely geared toward working with women in trauma. Um, I didn't do like the normal stop smoking, lose weight, that kind of stuff. There was always to me a much deeper reason that women were, you know, if somebody came to me and they said, you know, I want to use hypnosis to lose weight. Well, okay, so let's really talk about what the weight means and how is it that, you know, we can reframe this and make it not really about the weight, but how do we reframe it and reconnect you to your body? And how do we reframe it and disconnect those triggers? What is triggering you to, to have the habits? that you have that keep the weight on. Where's the underlining trauma? And that's what I would deal with. So when I came across constellation work, it just seemed to fit perfectly. And I was trained um, in constellations by uh, Joanna Lynn of the Family Imprint Institute, who was trained by Mark Wolin, who wrote It Didn't Start With You. Um, it's a fascinating book about the way that generational trauma travels through family systems. 
Um, Mark Wolin was trained by Bert Hellinger, who's really the founder of family constellation work. And within that framework, I just found that um, within that framework, when we work with clients, we uh, usually put them into um, four categories, right? And one of those categories, or one of those, I won't say categories, um, one of the themes that our family systems stories tend to follow is a break in the bond. And a break in the uh, maternal bond really is the foundational concept of mother wound work. What is it that our relationship with our mother has taught us about the world around us, the way that we show up to that world, how we feel about ourselves, our understanding about boundaries, understanding about our capabilities and um, abilities to succeed. What does it mean for our relationships? What does it mean for the ways that we parent? What does it mean for our bodies and fertility? Like what is the story that we carry about not just our mother, right? Because our mother has a mother, and her mother has a mother. And it's this generational understanding of how we carry the generational wounds of ourselves and our mothers before us. And so um, the mother wound can be defined in a few different ways. I define it as the uh, ways that we are either overmothered or undermothered and how that affects the way that we show up to life. There are more macro definitions, you know, how does patriarchy affect the mother wound, those kinds of things, and they're all very important, but I like to get right to the heart of the personal mother wound that we carry. So I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, no, that is so, it, that did answer my question. Um, you, so family constellations, constellation reminds me of like star mapping. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. So that's pretty, go ahead. <laughs> No, no, no. That's completely the first thing that comes to mind. If you think about the ways that stars are clustered and how they form, you yes. know, patterns, absolutely. It can be, it can, it can follow that same, you know, thought of, of logic. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, um, before we, we move forward, I was curious with hypnosis, mm -hmm. um, did you, to help people through trauma, um, mm -hmm. what, what is that like? Uh, hypnosis and, and how that contributes to helping uh, people through trauma. Because I, I always wondered that and I had always thrown that idea around. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I think it was, it's, I get these scary images of like, how will, how will I know it's true or, or what if it, or if it all comes, if it all comes back and how that would affect me. And, but I've yeah. always been curious. Yeah. So the goal and the way that I was taught um, is never to to do what's called revivification. Revivification is when we take our client back to that exact moment of trauma and really make them relive it again. There were some, you know, there in history, uh, there have been some hypnotists and there have been some therapies like that that have, you know, taken people right back into the heart of their trauma, which has proven not to be really helpful, okay. um, actually more damaging. And so I was trained um, in ways that... Uh, um, really are more trauma-informed, um, really work with the way that the event, because uh, trauma is exasperated when we, when we carry it in our body and it really comes to play when we are triggered, right? Yeah. So the, the goal of hypnosis, specifically around trauma work, is to disconnect or to um, subconsciously uh, disconnect the trauma or the event from the emotion, from the way that it's triggered. And so if we can disconnect the emotion from the event, then what's gonna trigger you? 
So that's the goal that we're working on. And if we think about the way that our subconscious works, our subconscious, when we experience something that can leave a traumatic effect in our body, what our subconscious is doing really is creating systems around that, that trauma that we hold to keep us safe. So in hypnosis, we disconnect those systems. We reshape those systems. We um, take those systems out by the root and then give more positive understanding and, and um, verbiage and language and uh, knowing to replace the stuff that we've been carrying. It works a little bit differently, I think, knowing the work that I know now and how I approach it, um, it, it, for me, the three tools that I use, which is mapping, and I can talk about that, constellations and hypnosis, they really work very well together. While hypnosis is a very powerful tool, it's also an adjunctive tool, and I don't think it's meant to be uh, used just by itself. Like you have to do lots of other things with it. Um, you know, I, I've known hypnotists that work with therapists who do EMDR. And so the hypnotist will uh, work with the therapist, with the client to get them to the point where EMDR is not blocked, where they have more, uh, like they're more open to doing the work. They're more relaxed. They're not having those emotional, um, and, uh, you know, the, the blocks that the brain gives when we shut right. down. And so those tend to work really well. Um, so for me, all three tools really actually are key at this point. Um, I wouldn't do, for me, just the way that I work, I wouldn't do hypnosis only working with somebody who I know has experienced trauma or, or with their mother wound because hypnosis works in the subconscious and our trauma lives in our body. So we have to have a complete holistic package or a complete holistic toolkit to, uh, to work that, not just work in the brain. That makes total sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's hear uh, more. I would love to hear more about the mother wound and and maybe like an example of um, like you had mentioned over mothering, under mothering, and like mm-hmm. how that how that manifests in us. Like why, like yeah. why, and how that that uh, manifests uh, within us and our behaviors. So if you understand the the way that um, you know as a baby, right, the mm-hmm. first love that you have, the first connection that you feel is to your mother. Yeah. So everything that we feel, that we connect to, that we understand, that we see, that we hear is through that relationship when we are, are, are still a baby. So um, that relationship is just the, it's like the soil, right? That all of the, the ways that we learn to show up to life are planted in. And if that soil is, um, you know, if we talk about overmothering, overmothering can look like um, give you an example. I have a, a client who comes to me and she says, you know, my mother, I, I can't say anything bad about my mother. She was, she's my best friend. Like we're so close. Um, she tells me everything. Um, I tell her everything and um, there's nothing wrong with our relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. But they're still coming to me because they know that there's something innately not connecting for themselves. And what over mothering looks like is, um, so if you think about the relationship between mother and daughter, like your mom's not supposed to be your best friend. Your mom's not supposed to tell you everything. Um, there are like, there are ways that a mother should act towards her daughter that doesn't um, cross those boundaries, right? A daughter doesn't need to know about her mother's dating life. A daughter doesn't need to know about the relationship that she has with her father. A daughter doesn't need to know about all those adult things that then um, create this relationship 
where the daughter starts to feel merged to or overly protective or even responsible for how mom feels, reacts um, in that way. And in doing that, she loses herself. She doesn't have the ability to understand where mom's feelings begin or end and her feelings begin. She tends to not be able to have the confidence that she needs because she was never really taught to be and to be on her own and make decisions on her own. Mom was always involved in everything. Mom had to approve of everything. Um, and she doesn't often understand what boundaries look like. And so she has friendships that uh, overreach and she has uh, relationships, uh, romantic relationships that overreach. And um, so that's kind of some of the ways that overmothering might show up. Undermothering uh, would create an, a, a couple different attachment styles, either insecure attachment or maybe even um, anxious attachment. And an insecure attachment is when you are always um, clawing at your relationships, whether they're your romantic relationships, your friends' relationships, it causes you to be very needy in life. You need other people's validation. You are a people pleaser. Um, you don't have um, that ability to really just stand on your own. You have to, to be, a, um, uh, you just have to have that, you seek that approval constantly. Um, and a detached, um, or a, um, I'm going to say deta not detached. Um, there's, it's, now I can't think of it. My brain just went blank. But there's an attachment style that makes you just pull back completely and not form um, intimate relationships, not really form friendships. You tend to be a loner because that's your safe place, right? Because the relationship with your mother um, just didn't, it didn't foster what healthy relationships look like. And so those are just some of the ways, it's not a complete list, but those right. are just some Helpful. of the ways that you can, you can notice it in your life. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's... so people will come to me and, and with, um, you know, complaints that say, um, I, I, people walk on, over me all the time, or I feel like I'm always the one that gets the short end of the stick. Or, you know, I'm having a really hard time mothering my, my kids. They walk all over me and they don't, they don't listen to me. Um, um, I'm having a hard time getting pregnant and I've tried everything else. And what I'll do is I'll look at that and um, we'll look at the relationship with the mother and what subconscious messaging did you learn about parenting, about pregnancy, about partnership? about these things that maybe subconsciously have shut your, your body down to, to being able to, to get pregnant. So um, lots of ways that a mother wound can show up, but those are some of the, the big ones. Oh, that's, that is very helpful to understand that a little bit, um, a little bit deeper. So mm -hmm. tell me about, because uh, you had mentioned the work you do, you do the mapping, the constellation, and then um, hip, hypnosis. Tell me a little bit about that, like your process and the work you do. Yeah, so um, we use, or I use the, what's called the core language approach. Um, the core language approach is a tool that um, helps use the language that you use in describing your family to really help us get to the core trauma that um, you're, is really underlining in the, the issue that you brought forward. Um, and we do that by creating a family genogram or a family map. And I have very specific questions that I ask you that um, kind of take us through this whole process where at the end of that session, we should be able to get to the core, the root uh, issue that really is, is presenting itself and where that came. Not where it came from just within you, but even maybe how that same issue has been 
um, you know, been occurring in your family over and over again through multiple generations. And so that tool really gives us a good picture of the story that you're carrying inside. You know, if you come to me and you say, um, you know, I uh, always feel like I'm alone and I never have anybody to support me. And I just have this like just gut feeling of loneliness. Um, well, maybe we trace that back and we realize that um, maybe you're carrying uh, your mother's mother wound because maybe during pregnancy she was alone and maybe she didn't feel like she had the support that she needed. And so as you were growing inside of her body, all of her feelings also became your feelings. And so maybe even though you might have a ton of support around you, you never feel like you have anybody because that, that baseline feeling of your mother's grief and loneliness is still sitting in your body. Yeah. So we take that story that we have been able to identify um, through the core language approach, identifying which theme you fall into, and we then take that into an experiential moment where you get to have the body-based conversation with that person in symbol, right? Whether we're using a symbol of some sort or we're doing this in group where you actually choose another person you have a dialogue with and you are able to actually feel what it feels like to have that conversation, to sit with that emotion for a minute, to allow it to do what emotion is supposed to do, which is uh, be felt, be acknowledged, be understood. And then we move through that um, out of the, the constellation, there's usually homework to do some sort of physical expression, follow the lead of your body, what is somatically happening in your body that allows you to complete this resolution of this emotion that you've been holding, of this story that you've been holding. And so I give homework and, um, you know, if, if it's needed, but oftentimes having the conversation, focusing on how and where it sits in the body, um, focusing on allowing yourself just to feel that for a moment because so often it's the first time we actually get to acknowledge that this is how we're feeling or the first time we actually get to say the words that have been stuck in our throat our whole life. And so that is very, very powerful. And then instinctually after the session, I give guidance to you know help follow your body's understanding of how to somatically release the energy of that emotion as it's been sitting in your body. So that works with the systemic part of the family story. Hypnosis comes into play then after we've done the systemic work so that we can then do some of that um, releasing of the connection to the triggers, um, how it has maybe even more so sat in your body. And so we do that subconscious work. So we have the systemic work and then we have the subconscious work. And that happens over several sessions. Um, Usually I'll do a mapping session in one session. We'll do constellation work over a couple sessions and then some hypnosis, um, depending upon how many issues we were working around. Um, and then we just repeat that process for each underlying issue that, um, that my clients come to me with. Sometimes, you know, three or four sessions works and they're good to go. Um, and, you know, sometimes I've worked with them, them longer. So that, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah. I'm curious for somebody, uh, so let's say myself, I'll just use myself, my own story. Um, okay. So when I look at, okay, um, when I had been um, sexually abused at that point for a long time, I had thought that that incident is what propelled, let's say, um, everything I experienced, my depression, my self-harm, all of that stuff. And I had to work through that experience in order to get better. Um, but then I noticed 
a couple of things. First, when I had been talking to a counselor uh, when I was in my 20s, he had made the observation that when I talk about, I have an easier time talking about the abuse than I do about my mom. And maybe her response to it or whatever the case may be. Then fast forward to now I have teenage daughters Mm -hmm. and I noticed that one of my daughters, um, she has, well, actually two of them, they have, uh, like kind of that, that anger that I, that I felt I had when I was young or Mm -hmm. trouble with their emotions or they feel depressed and they didn't experience that like I, like I did. And so that got me thinking too, like, wait a second, why I totally thought, oh, if I hadn't experienced that, I would have not experienced any of these emotional type disturbances or anything like that. But now they are, and they hadn't. Um, So that was like, where's my question in that? Um, More about is, do you, so if I came to you and I was like, oh, I, I have this experience happen to me, this abuse, mm-hmm. is working through connecting with the mother wound and working through that, does that make it easier to release um, that trauma of that event? Or because I may come to you and say, this is it, I, you know, I was raped. And so yeah. that's obviously something I need to work through, but you bring it back to the mother wound regardless. I, I do. Okay. And it's interesting um, because w- the first thing that you said is that your therapist noticed that you had more of a difficult time talking about your mother in all of this than in the actual abuse. Um, and the reason is, is because, um, gosh, there's, you know, sexual abuse is so, it's such a layered issue, right? Because how it goes back to the break in the bond um, is we as daughters or sons who are abused, because sons also have a mother wound, might yeah. show up a little bit differently, but they also have the same, is that we instinctually uh, are angry and upset that our mother did not protect us. Whether it was protecting us from the act in the moment, whether they protected us afterwards by believing us, whether they protected us afterwards by making sure that justice was served and all of these things that, that should have happened, we are so betrayed by that relationship um, or by that, uh, that disconnect that we had with our mothers around this, if that's the case. Like if your mom, you know, showed up and, and was um, completely helpful and, and, you know, it might have a slightly different, different um, experience, but there's still going to be something that you're going to work, have to work through that says, how come you weren't there to protect me? Like that's the baseline feeling that we have. Even if afterwards she shows up and does protect us, it's still that, that, that gut feeling. Um, Also, what is not healed in one generation is expressed in another generation in some way. And this is the way that family systems uh, st- replicate the, the trauma that, um, that we hold in that family system. So I would be curious to know um, about your mom, if she had experienced any sexual abuse, if she had experienced any sexual trauma, or your grandmother, if they had experienced any of that, because... Um, oftentimes what we find, and this is not always, but oftentimes what we find is when there has been um, uh, sexual violence to a child or, or to a daughter, there is um, unhealed um, sexual trauma from mother or grandmother um, back a couple of generations. And so um, not that, you know, your mom purposely, you know, if something happened to her, she purposely didn't deal with it, purposely passed that emotion down to you or that's that systemic um, replication. It just wasn't dealt with. And so trauma will cry out in families to, to heal that. 
Um, and it happens in lots of different ways. And so I would, I would go in and I would start with, um, were you uh, carrying your mother's mother wound about her own sexual trauma? Was she carrying her, her mother's wound about her own sexual trauma? Where did this really start, right? And then we would go back and we would do constellation work around that. What I will say for you is the fact that you at this point have been dealing with it, have faced it head on, are looking to heal from it. It makes a tremendous difference for your daughters because while you see them maybe carrying the anger, maybe carrying some of the same emotional stuff that you had, um, you've broken that cycle of, of the systemic holding of sexual trauma in your family system, oh, if that makes any sense to you. Yeah, thank goodness. Yeah. That does, that does make yeah. sense. That's yeah. because I'm always worried that because of my emotions that I'm not being a good enough mother. Like I need, I need to be better. I need to be more healed. So I, it's nice to hear that at least taking the steps to heal and recognize that is already making a difference. Absolutely. You're telling them, um, uh, I'm not going to carry this pain anymore. I'm doing the work to heal so that you, A, don't also energetically carry it, but you also have an idea of what it looks like to heal. And in that, I give you permission to also take your own power back and also heal your life in the ways that you need to. Um, depending upon the timeline, uh, if you had not dealt with any of this when, you're, when you were carrying your children, when um, you were pregnant with them, it's possible if you were still holding that, that body trauma, that maybe some of their anger, some of their stuff is also yours that they're holding. And so you uh, dealing with that, um, it, it really does pass that healing down to your daughters. And so um, that work is really important as well. That's good. I know yeah. that when I was pregnant uh, with the first two, my two older daughters specifically, because I was in my twenties and I mm -hmm. was in the deep throes of all of that trauma yeah. and emotions. Um, yeah. I think my third one who's six is, is probably in a better place because I had worked <laughs> through a lot of that through my thirties. So that's very, that's really interesting. I would love to, when you mention just to understand it a little bit more, yeah. When it like say, uh, and I have no idea, but let's say if a, a, a grandmother experienced sexual trauma and, mm -hmm. and didn't deal with it, and then how, how does that pass? Is it more of an energy thing or is, are we talking? Oh, it's okay. So, so, okay, so epigenetics <laughs> means on top of your genes, right? So it becomes okay. a gene expression that really, um, uh, in a sense, right? It, it, and this is so simplified. Uh, ep scientists of epigenetics would probably shoot me for saying this, right? But really, I need the does, simplified. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, how I understand it is that it's a it's an expression on top of a gene that says, "Hey, your ancestor experienced this, and here's this expression to help you cope with it, so that you experience it differently, right?" Um, and so, if you had a grandmother who experienced sexual trauma, now that expression and the way that that um, the coping happens may not be the healthiest, right? So it may subconsciously, because our subconscious mind is there to protect us, it's there to create these systems around, you know, when we need protecting, um, doesn't necessarily mean that those coping mechanisms are healthy, right? right. So we have a grandma who expressed who had sexual violence, um, not healed, uh, daughter then um, um, carrying mom's trauma or an expression of it, um, may uh, experience some of that of her own, um, unhealed. So now you have two generations coming down to, um, you know, to, to the person I'm working with 
um, and they're carrying the sexual trauma of, of two generations of women in their family. Now, that's not to say, and I want to be really clear when I say this, that's not to say that um, that drew or attracted or anything like those words, that it attracted sexual trauma to you, but there are systems that continue um, and there are narratives that continue and there are circumstances that happen to us that continue those narratives. And so um, what really we're talking about is grandma's sexual trauma crying out to heal. And so it gets expressed in the daughter and then it gets expressed in the granddaughter and the granddaughter says, okay, enough of this. I experienced this too. I'm going to stop this because I don't want my daughters to have to, to feel what I'm feeling or to carry the wounds of their foremothers. Let me stop this and heal this now. That was so helpful. Okay. Like I had all these little clicks in my brain. Yeah. So, <laughs> scientific community, don't be mad if it was yeah. simplified because I know. That- <laughs> You know, this is when the metaphysical minister in me comes to play, right? And we start talking about, um, you know, what does it mean when, you know, they talk about the law of attraction, right? Um, and and this, there's this idea that um, you just, that everything that happens to you, you attract it. And it's really not what it means. It means, so the law of attraction really is the law of resonance. That means like energy right? Uh, uh, attaches to like energy. And so if you're operating in this space where sexual trauma has um, been in your family story for you know, generations, well, if that's where the resonance is happening, then there will come circumstances that keep that story going because that's the, the energetic resonance of your family, of the story, of uh, the family soul. Um, it doesn't mean that you attract it. It doesn't mean that you did anything to uh, deserve it. It doesn't mean that um, you know you had any part in play in that because bad people do bad things, but also bad people who do bad things keep the narrative going in our families if we don't choose to heal it. Does that oh, make sense? Yes, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. That is very helpful. Yeah. If somebody wants to reach out to you or do work with you, or what, mm-hmm. what, what does that look like? How do they... Go ahead. Yeah. So there's a few ways that um, I've, I've uh, provided people to work with me. So, um, and some of this is brand new because I've, I've, I've put some workbooks together. And um, if you want to work on me with me one-on-one, um, it's just that easy. It's a one-on-one session. Uh, we work through the process of mapping constellations and hypnosis, and we just work through the issues that you bring to the table. Um, we can do the same work in group form. So um, I, and the way that I'm doing my group work is actually in combination with a workbook that I have written called Mapping Your Mother Wound. And Mapping Your Mother Wound is really a self-paced process that allows you to take your time and go through the mapping stuff that we would do in a session, but really to sit and do it in your own time. Give yourself um, time to feel it in your body, to start to put the the, the um, the patterns together. And then um, for everybody who purchases the workbook, they get like two support group sessions to kind of help them work through it. And then once a month, I have a family constellation that everybody comes together and we do constellation work uh, through the, um, through what you've discovered through mapping your mother wound. So you've done a lot of the um, uh, mapping part, you understand some of the systems of your family, and then you come into the constellation and we get to work that out through constellation. 
Um, it's a really beautiful process and um, I'm really excited about it all because it gives yeah. such a, a clear framework for people to, um, to take away. You know, there's these, uh, you know, I ask very specific questions. Um, it takes you through how to start to put the patterns together. What does it mean to then set boundaries? You know, how would you place you and your mom uh, in a room? How does that make your body feel? Like there's all these exercises that you get to do um, either, you know, by yourself or as part of the group that really help bring you along that process. And during this time, you're able to do all of this remotely? Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. We do it all on zoom. Um, you know, I've always done constellations on zoom. There are people who do live <sighs> constellations. Um, I have experienced some of them and they're really dynamic and wonderful when they do happen. But right now, you know, it just, we don't have those freedoms. Um, yeah. And we got to take care of each other in social distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it really allows, you know, anyone around the world to come and do this work with me. Um, and that's so cool. Uh, yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting. Um, so that's, that's how people can work with me one-on-one -on -one or through the workbooks and with, with groups. How would they, um, how would they find you? So your website, your social media, and then mm -hmm. if they wanted to do, they wanted to, cause I know I want to do it. They wanted to, um, get the workbook and sign up for a session with you. How do they do that? So my website, just, um, revshell.com. Um, and I'll give you the links so that you can, um, you can post them. I'm also on, uh, all, all social media, revshell on Instagram, um, revshell, DV, um, because Revshell wasn't available on Facebook, but DV is my last name. Um, so Revshell DV on Facebook. Um, Don't you hate that? I know. I was like, can I, and, you, and there was nothing posted. Like, can you just give me this name? That is always how it works as just a side tangent. Yeah. And you click on it and they have no posts and you're like, seriously, I'm going to have so many posts. Can I just have it? I know. I know. I was, I was a little disappointed, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so yeah. So my workbooks, I actually have two. I have the Mapping Your Mother Wound, which is like the bulk of the work. But I also created an introductory workbook called Your Body Holds Your Mother Wound. And um, this one really, it's less about resolution and more about uh, beginning the process of bringing you into your body and um, understanding how your mother wound sits in your body. What do you need to feel grounded? What does it mean for your body to express itself somatically? How do you find um, the connection so that internally like you start to trust your instincts about what you're feeling and you know movements that you need to make that could help you express that emotion so it's just a body-based um workbook that just really preps you really well for the mapping your mother wound um but also mapping your mother wound does have it have that first workbook integrated into it so you don't need to buy two um but you can um you can get mapping your mother wound and you get two in one but if you just want to kind of dip your toe in, see what this work is about, um, and try some of the body-based exercises, then your body holds your mother wound is a great uh, intro into that. And all of it can be found on my website. Okay. So we could go directly to your website and that's where yeah. we could um, reach out to you, yeah. to schedule that, purchase the workbook. Um, yeah. And I noticed as well, when I went to your website the other day, you offer a little, uh, it's like a little, a little freebie or a little, um, something pops up that, uh, that you can. Yeah. So that's, that's actually the, um, your body holds your mother wound. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So my, my pricing model is a pay from the heart. Um, and, and what that means for this particular book in, in, in particular, um, 
I have a preferred price of $10 for the book. There's a generous price of 20 if you want to sponsor a book for somebody else. But if you just want to get it and try it out, I've also given a free coupon code on the website that you can use as well. So Wonderful. whatever you choose to, however you choose to get it is, is fine with me um, on that uh, map, Your Body Holds Your Mother Wound workbook. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So I will definitely have all the links and all the ways people could find you. Um, I think this is really awesome. I wanted to make sure before, before we part ways temporarily, what, is there anything I'd like to give my guests a last moment, if there's anything that you wanted to share um, that maybe you haven't, maybe you have, but I love to give that last moment because I never want someone to step away from a call and go, Oh, I meant to say that. I think what I always like to add to, to every interview that I do is that um, this is not about blaming mom at all. Um, this is about um, uh, finally stopping a pattern, stopping a family narrative um, that has kept the women in your family um, in bondage to each other. And I say that um, because we all carry our mother's mother wound. We just do. Um, I would say 98% of us do. And um, this is not about blaming mom, but this is about understanding mom. This is about understanding the system that you were made in, that she was made in, that grandma was made in, and how we can really build bridges of compassion and love back to each other. Because when a family experiences a trauma, what it does is it really just kinks the hose that love flows through, right? And so this work really is about untwisting that hose and allowing love to flow once again in the way that it should. And so my, my work is never about um, keeping your trauma story alive and, um, and making that the center narrative. It's about how do we understand the system? How do we heal the system? And how do we then show up a more empowered person embodied within ourselves within that system? And so this is about loving mom. This is about understanding mom. It's not about blaming mom. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciated you being on the podcast and I'm so happy I got to meet you and know you. And um, yeah, thank you. Just thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you.